Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the June issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Impact of Higher Grain Prices on Feedlot's Decision to Feed Distiller's Grains. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a Livestock Marketing and Risk Management Economist with the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Dennis. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, Dr. Dennis, over the last, I'd say, eight, 10 months, we've seen a really big run-up in feed grain prices. And this is also correlated into a run-up in dry distiller's grains, wet distiller's grains as well. In this article, you highlight some of the things that drive a decisions in terms of a feedlot's use of distiller's grains. Give some perspective on some of the things that are driving some of those decisions for feedlot managers. And then also from a producer perspective, how should they think about pricing distiller's grains under current market conditions? Yeah, so the higher feed grain prices generally translate to higher cost of gain for feedlots. And uh, producers are generally left with the decision of, do I feed cattle longer to try to increase my grading ability at the, at the packing plant, or do I sell them? And really what it comes down to is it, it's largely upon how the feedlot producer chooses to market the animals. Uh, when we're talking about marketing, we're saying what, what's the form of, or method of, of sale? Is it negotiated grid? Is it uh, grid pricing? Is it just negotiated uh, live or carcass price? Uh, for people who are selling on the grid, if they're going to be discounted heavily for heavier animals, then they're unlikely to feed cattle longer. Whereas if they're just strictly paid on a carcass basis, then even though we have higher feed cost prices, they're still likely to continue to feed cattle longer. As we look at this price relationship between dry distiller's grains and corn, what are some of the things that drive inclusion rates from a feedlot's perspective? Yeah, so uh, inclusion rate is one of the factors that uh, Galen Erickson has done a lot about, uh, a lot of research on. And, and what they've really found is that inclusion rates tends to increase the performance parameters on cattle feeding. So that would be uh, things like increasing average daily gain, for example. And when we're talking about the different types of distillers grains, uh, price is probably the biggest factor of why someone or would not include distillers grains in their, in their feeding. And really what we tried to show was that it's not necessarily the price of distiller's grains or the price of corn separately, but it's the relative ratio between the, uh, the prices that makes the difference. And what we did is we converted everything to a uh, dry matter basis. So we take out all the water uh, for corn and the distiller's grains across the three, three different distiller grain types. And we showed how that price has changed over time. And not surprisingly, we, we see big run-ups in, in prices during uh, the packing plant closures and also ethanol plant slowdowns and, uh, during COVID. And while we have seen large run-ups in the price of corn, the price of distillers relative to corn has actually decreased through this run-up. So uh, price is probably the largest factor that's going to be driving inclusion rates. There also seems to be some seasonality in terms of the price ratio relationship between distiller's grains and, and corn. 
and then also some, whether it's dry, modified, or wet. Share a little more about some of the data that you shared in the article that you wrote on that and maybe some things that producers should pay attention to relative to that. Yeah, so uh, one of the common comments that uh, Galen and I often get is um, that the price is just so expensive right now in, in Nebraska. And so what we decided to do is we said, let's look at how the price for the different distillers grains, dried, modified, and wet, varies both across state, so Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, and how it varies across the year, you know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, et cetera. And what we found is that actually Nebraska producers uh, claims that distillers grains prices uh, are really high is true, actually. Uh, for example, when you look at the, the fourth quarter of in Nebraska, what we see is that 98% of the time, wet distillers are going to be priced more expensive relative to corn. And the same thing for the first quarter in Nebraska. Now you compare that to Iowa wet distillers fourth quarter or South Dakota wet distillers fourth quarter, and those are about 50-50. And so we see that what we, what we basically show is that, yeah, prices do tend to be higher relatively on average uh, in Nebraska, but that uh, it really, you know, it largely depends on where we're talking about though. So across all, all distillers types, um, it varies. And then across different States and, and in the paper, we go in a lot more detail with that. And people who are considering pricing distillers or buying distillers, uh, this can help them make informed decisions such as a comment we might get is I'm going to wait until prices are, are a little bit lower the, the price of distillers is relatively lower than corn. Well, if you're in the fourth quarter and you're waiting for that price to get lower than this, uh, than corn, it, it's never going to happen. And so then we can go to the next decision-making step. So hopefully these, the table and also the figures that we provide can help uh, producers make some uh, more informed decisions about when and at what price to buy distillers. One of the other things I found interesting in the article is just how you plotted out and showed the relative value of distiller's grains to corn over time and how really that has increased, or I guess you would say the, the value of distiller's grains has increased in proportion to the value of corn. Give some perspective on why you think we've seen that occur and, and is there any implications for that for producers as well? I think that there's two primary reasons why we've seen uh, a potential increase. And the first is that we talk about supply and demand a lot of times in economics. And one of the things that can drive price up is increased demand. As more feedlots use uh, distillers grain inclusions, it's going to put an upward pressure on price. And so as we use more and more inclusions or have higher inclusion rates, uh, given a fixed uh, supply of distillers that's going to raise price. The second is also going to be as ethanol plants slow production. We're, there's a lot of conversation right now in Washington about uh, refinement exemptions and distill or ethanol plants seeking ways to operate at a profitable margin. The idling of ethanol plants do have a large impact on the supply of 
of the distiller's grains. And so if supply goes down, what are we going to see? We're going to see price for distiller's grains go up. Now, some people have started to think whether ethanol plants actually care about distiller's grains in general. And, and what we found is that, loosely speaking, the relative importance of, dis, of dry distiller's grains revenue has grown in importance for ethanol plants. And back in about 2005, distiller's grains revenue or revenue from distiller's grains for an ethanol plant was about 10 or 15%. And now it's in the 20 to 25%. And so uh, distillers grains are becoming increasingly more important for, for ethanol plants and their profitability. One of the ways that we kind of loosely see this is that uh, ethanol plants have started to try to become more creative with the way they uh, use and market co-products. So prior to 2012, there was, you know, basically full fat. Uh, distillers and now a lot of the distillers is going to be de-oiled and ethanol plants are going to sell the corn oil separately Uh, and other ways that we just see a lot of innovation in the distillers uh, market such as pelletization uh, making distiller grain pellets uh, that are easier to transport and store Uh, so when we see start to see innovation and product differentiation it would generally say or send a signal to the market that they see a lot of value in that product itself. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight as we point towards wrapping up our conversation? No, I just refer people to both the figure and the tables that we provided that uh, distillers grains. uh, If you talk to Dr. Erickson, uh, he will tell you that it's, it's generally more profitable to, to feed distillers up to a certain amount of inclusion Currently, him and myself and one of his graduate students are working on updating a what's called cattle code, and it will basically allow producers to put in the prices and captures all of the feeding efficiencies and gains and cattle performance by types of distillers grains and by the inclusion level used. Uh, so just encourage people to use our information that we have here and then look for that uh, app coming out in the next six to eight months. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Dennis. Thanks for having me, Aaron. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article, Impact of Higher Grain Prices on Feedlot's Decision to Feed Distillers Grains.